I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high-quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Hi! I'm Hi. I'm Chantel. And I am Kate. And together we are the, the book, book Club Babes. Club Babes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also very in sync. So we are. Careful. Yes. Be careful. Be careful. Yes. <laughs> so, so March had five weeks. Oh, did it really? Hmm. Yes. And we also L O V E loved our March book to the max. I love you to the max, to the max. And so guess what we're doing? We have a little special bonus for y'all with Charlotte McConaughey. Yeah. Woohoo. Who wrote Once There Were Wolves? She sure did. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy. See you on the other side. All right. Perfect. Well, I guess we can just jump right into it. Yeah. 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 Are you ready for some questions? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Awesome. Um, okay. This one is from one of our babes. Her name is Shauna. She, she loved this book. She says she has so many questions. She doesn't even know where to begin, but she wants to ask (laughs) First, about the character of Red and how he appears to be a villain at the beginning, but then we learn he sort of has a change of vision towards the end. Why? Why was that choice made? Uh, well, I, I quite like the idea that because we kind of 
in Inti's perspective throughout the novel. Um, you know, I think she has, she comes into this story with a lot of baggage. Um, she's kind of, she's bringing a burden of fury and pain with her. And so she's, that's colouring her perspective of people. And I think she's, she is actually quite judgmental at the start. Um, she doesn't really want to kind of, she doesn't want to connect with anyone. She doesn't want to trust anyone. But specifically, she's judging these people because she sees them in a certain way as, I guess, a roadblock to her project and to her, in her thinking, you know, right. how can people not want to rewild? <laughs> so she's, you know, she's coming up against this guy who has a very different background, very different life to hers, different perspectives. Um, you know, he's got, he's got a kind of generations of, of financial difficulty wrapped up in this farm. Um, and also just, he sees the way of life of a Highlander as, as, as farming. So, you know, he's kind of right from the get go, they're off, you know, they're, they're kind of, there's a lot of conflict yeah Yeah, there's yeah yeah and but I love you know being able to kind of take a character and and transform them and transition them and I I kind of also really love when you think that a an enemy is is a is really an ally so I think you know red being kind of open to well, being something that we didn't think he was is kind of indicative of her um, opening up to reconnection at the end. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I just love that Red was the one to come get her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's kind That's of, so yeah, sweet. I think nobody's one thing, are they? You know, everyone's kind of got depths of complexities and and, yeah. and good and, and, you know, flaws. Yeah true um this is another question from shauna and she was asking if ash's pack really did save inti and the newborn or was that her delirium in that like while she was in that state and are there any like real world cases of something like this happening (laughs) hot question was it real (laughs) was it real (laughs) it it was real for me it was real for sure yeah I um I well I originally wrote it just straight up as real and then it was my Mm -hmm. editor who was like I think we should leave some ambiguity (laughs) just in case you know you you find that people aren't following you in this in this moment so I was I you know I could see that that's probably was a good idea but for me sort of the whole point of the book is that scene really it's you I think what I was trying to do or or perhaps the whole idea of the novel is that you have to allow for there to be magic out in the world and for animals to surprise you and to be capable of so much more you know than we expect them to be and I don't know specific cases of wolves saving people but there are there are certainly real cases of wolves recognizing people who've who they've had contact with um, who've raised them showing affection and kindness to these people that they haven't kind of come across in many years like it's quite extraordinary they they do recognize you and you know have the capacity to connect in a way that is is really 
kind of beautiful and astonishing. And, and I just wanted to allow for that, you know, throughout the book, even Inti is really sort of um, sceptical of this. You know, she has moments where she's like, I don't really buy that, um, you know, that, that people can have this sort of connection with animals. And, and she, she thinks that that's just people kind of longing to, to be amazed by wolves. But in fact, I think it speaks to her, it's, it speaks to her capacity for connection and for their capacity for connection as well. So yeah, totally. I think it's real. <laughs> oh, I love, I do love, I love that. that so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> I think that all of the, the, our listeners will be super happy about that too. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah like sure. You can kind of say, oh, maybe it wouldn't, doesn't feel real as if that would happen, but like, why it's a novel. Just mm-hmm. let's go there. <laughs> Yeah. It felt yeah. real to me. Yeah. It felt real to me that. too. Yeah. I cried. Yeah. I genuinely oh, cried. Yeah. 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 Very, it was a That's very sweet I moment. I feel like for, like for people who are. In... Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Well, just like you guys pointed out, you know, this is this specific wolf is the one that she's bonded with and she's, she's held this as a, this wolf as a pup. So it's not within the realms of impossibility. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And for people who are animal lovers, I think that it, it does resonate with like Chantal and I, we, we both Mm -hmm. love animals. We love dogs, dogs and wolves are very closely related, but, um, it does feel real to someone who can see that, like can see our relationship that you could have with an animal. So I love that was beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Okay. We've got one from Haley. She says, or rather she'd like to know, um, you spoke in another interview that you have a version of, I'm going to butcher this word. Synesthesia. Yourself, how does that influence how and what you write? Oh, interesting question. Um, so my synesthesia is very different from Inti's. It's um, it's much much less extreme. It's basically it um, my memory works in connection to color and texture and shape. So if I'm and this is more common as well. Like a lot of people do have have a little bit of this synesthesia. It's um, you know if I were to try and remember someone's name, I would first remember the color or the texture or the shape of that name before I'd get to the actual word. Um, and it was funny, like I never sort of knew that that was not the way that everyone, everyone's memory worked. So for a long time, it was sort of normal. And then my mom and my brother and I, who all three of us have it, we sort of figured out that actually it's not the way that most people, um, think. Oh, that would be wild. The three of you like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. It was a weird moment of like, well, I can't even really imagine it not being the case and so that sort of started thinking about um I guess yeah slightly different ways of perceiving the world or experiencing the world and and when I discovered um that there was a synesthesia called mirror touch which is just so wild like it's the most amazing case I kind of can't like believe that it's real Mm -hmm. um I knew that I really wanted to write write about that and write write a character with that it didn't 
come together for me for quite a while. I um I sort of had it in my back pocket for years and then this book came about and I realised that it was a book about empathy and, you know, what better way than to, to have a character with it, this extreme radical empathy as the main main character. Um, beyond that, I don't, I don't know if, if my synesthesia makes me write differently. Maybe it makes me a little more aware of... Yeah, maybe the detail of describing thoughts in a different way. I don't know. I I don't think it sort of plays a huge role in my writing, um, but it definitely kind of makes me want to approach characters in a, in, in a kind of more neurologically interesting way. <laughs> I love that. Did um do do Inti and Aggie's names have colors or shapes or textures for yes. you? Yes. Yes, Inti is this kind of sharp silver um, word and Aggie is yellowy golden, more soft. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I like that. That's cool. That's really cool. Haley would also like to know um, that she notes that you've written about arctic turn birds and also wolves um she's wondering which animal that you identify with um most obviously not just those two choices if there's another animal that you haven't written about that you um identify with um but she's just wondering yeah if there's an animal that you identify with and why uh oh identify with i'm not sure I don't know if that would be the word I would use, but I certainly love them and am very fascinated by them. My next book is about whales and seals. <laughs> so I love going ocean. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know. Just cover I, all the bases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done sky, I've done forest, now I'm doing sea. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I there's something, I think there's just something in our connection with animals that feels just really essential to me and, and important in kind of reminding us of our own connection to the wild. I think it's really easy to feel disconnected and apathetic and when we find a way to connect with animals, it just allows us to kind of, I don't know, put it, put ourselves in a more compassionate space, I think. Um, so, you know, the natural world is a thing of absolute beauty and wonder. And, and I think we all need to kind of remind ourselves of that. And learning about animals is just a really nice way to do it. <laughs> I, I loved learning about the terns. I loved learning about the wolves. I'm now loving learning about whales and, and seals. And yeah, I think hopefully people enjoy reading about them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, I was even going to say the way that you wrote about Inti's scent. What is scent? Well, I don't know why I struggle with this word so much. <laughs> but her mere touch. Yeah. Um, it was it, I feel like it was the same way that you wrote about the wolves um, where it wasn't, even though it was a huge part of the book, it wasn't the whole book. 
Um, mm. like it wasn't all consuming. You, you almost at times forgot about her mere yeah. touch, but then would be reminded and it would be like, oh yeah. Like it was a very cool element to the book. Mm-hmm. And like I said, even though the book was about wolves, you weren't like bored of wolves. Like you wanted mm-hmm. more. It was so, mm-hmm. it was so beautifully written. So thank yes. you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's really nice to hear specifically because, um, the mirror touch itself was quite a tricky thing to find the balance for you know I did a draft that was so mirror touch heavy and it was like oh god get like enough (laughs) and then I did a I did a draft where (laughs) I kind of pulled back too much and there were all these things that would have been happening you know that she would have been experiencing I just didn't bother putting it in because I was like oh people will be bored by it with it by then and then it was kind of missing too much from the story so it was yeah it was it was definitely something that I had to kind of play around with to try and get the balance right it was perfect yeah Yeah, I definitely think you yeah you Mm -hmm. nailed it oh great Mm -hmm. thank you all the all of the important points too like Mm -hmm. when the wolf attacked the deer and she Mm -hmm. was at such a point that she was more so relating with the wolf than the deer like that was really cool and really illustrative and yeah. when she was there with Aggie during the traumatic event, like yes. that yeah. was one of those things where you were like, whoa, it was just a really cool element that didn't feel cheesy at all. It was oh, great. great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. This one is from Summer and she wants to know, she says, the author, you draw obvious parallels between the violent nature of humans and the violent nature of the wolves although the violence committed by the wolves is rooted in survival instead of evil was this comparison intentional yeah I mean I think um it's interesting looking at the difference between human violence and animal animal violence and there's I mean it's so stark different you kind of can barely draw a comparison to the two but what I did find was that in my research about uh, domestic violence and male violence against women what felt um, true to me was the way that women and wolves are both kind of fighting for survival a lot of the time Um, and so that it felt to me that there was this real connection between the two um, and unfortunately, in most cases, it's it's men who who act with cruelty and dominance and aggression. It's not women, and it's not actually wolves at all. Um, so what what I sort of wanted us to be able to take from the wolves in the book was not that sense of violence and aggression, but connection, loyalty, compassion, tenderness. You know, these are the things that, in fact rule the animal kingdom um specifically wolves which are so misunderstood and so different to how we kind of see them you know they're they're matriarchal then they're um the the strongest packs are the ones that are ruled by cooperation and love so um yeah i think unfortunately this kind of male violence that we have in our world is 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 the thing that's stands out and that is separate yeah that makes sense and you can see that throughout the book as well with 
um, some of the characters like Gus and even um, Duncan, he's on the edge for a bit. We can't quite tell what's going on with him. Um, but Stuart, I do, yeah. I do quite like how, and Stuart, yeah, how you took some of the male characters like Red and they en- ended up turning out um, to be decent human beings. Like that was of nice course. to see too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is certainly not a book that's kind of making a statement that all men are bad, you know, that's mm-hmm. just, yes. it, it's really reductive and really um, simplistic in a, in a not helpful way. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. So, you know, there's, there's two male violent characters or, or three, if you're counting creepy cousin James oh, um <laughs> garbage oh, <shit. laughs> he's <sucked>. trash <laughs> um but there are more there are more non-violent male characters than there are violent yes. so you yeah. know I, I I hope that I dealt with that with a you know a bit of nuance mm-hmm. yeah it wasn't it's an important topic and important to the book obviously but I think it was done very tasteful Fully. I don't know if that's the right yeah, word, but I but I think that it's it's done in a very realistic way as well as um, just done respectfully as well. Good. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad. I think it, I mean, it's just I such an awful been, part of the world, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it may have been a little bit eye-opening for people um, who may not know what that experience is like I I don't think I'm saying this properly but even just how like Inti and Aggie's mother um was a bit of a victim and she turned out to be the one fighting against it Mm -hmm. and then something awful happens to Aggie and she kind of became like went internally so it's kind of interesting to see like how it changes people so so much right yeah. that that people who don't experience might not understand I don't know it's interesting right. it's good yeah and I mean I think on that on that you know it's it's I think we're used to the narrative about trauma survivors being hardened and toughened and coming out of it really strong and kind of you know like like their mom like Inti herself but yeah there's also there's also an important space for the narrative about the trauma survivor who comes out more fragile and more vulnerable because that's very real you know it's mm-hmm. not we don't all turn into just like action heroes mm-hmm. <laughs> it's can yeah. be really damaging yeah. mm-hmm. um and so I wanted to allow for space that that space as well mm-hmm. and I'm I, I love I that. feel yeah I feel like a lot of women would appreciate that or a lot of people just in general reading the book would appreciate the duality of seeing that both of those aspects in one book being like it is okay to not just be take this and make myself harder like you're saying yeah yeah um we do have another question from summer and she's asking um, that oftentimes throughout the book, Inti and Ash um, seem very similar, almost like counterparts for each other. Um, are there other wolves that you would say are counterparts to other main characters in the book? Yeah, well, I mean, I think if, if Ash is Inti, then number 10 has got to be Aggie, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> right. the wild, yeah, right. the wild, ferocious. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. sort of lost, uh, lonely figure. <laughs> um, and then funnily, actually, this topic, so I'm doing a little bit of early development with a, a production company on a potential TV show of Wolves. Cool. And we've been talking about this exact thing and how we might have a third wolf that could be Duncan. <laughs> so I've been doing, um, you know, more research into the beautiful real-life wolves and, and getting inspiration and I'm finding all these gorgeous kind of stories of, of really lovely, brave compassionate male wolves um that that I might sort of bring in as a third you know I tried was it was it 13 that came back for 12 which one came back yeah yes yes because that's almost like a Duncan Duncan characteristic like he's kind of yeah doesn't leave anybody behind like like you've been saying compassionate and empathetic yeah Um, that's true that's a nice nice um uh, reflection definitely also didn't wasn't it number 10 that Indy had to shoot yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean look maybe and there's interesting a... and it all had... comes around <laughs> it does make sense that it would be Aggie because she had to let her go yeah, yeah. It all yeah. came around. It all, it's all coming around. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I don't think I wrote it with those kind of symbols in no. mind, but yeah. it's yes. interesting yes. to kind of look and look back and go, wow, it's all kind of there if you want to find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can just I mean, I feel like that's a, <laughs> that's a good um, reflection of a well-written book. It's all... <laughs> with one another even if you didn't plan it it still goes (laughs) climate change and endangered species are themes in both um, migrations and wolves Um, these are obviously important topics that affect the whole world um, but we wanted to know why are you passionate about um, topics about endangered species and climate change uh why why wouldn't I be yeah I mean I <laughs> touche <laughs> honestly yeah um it's such a kind of oh man it just feels like it's this looming mm-hmm. scary crucial thing that we all need to be talking about and I mean I know I, 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 I as I mentioned earlier it's really easy to switch off from it because it just becomes mm-hmm. overwhelming and and kind of I mean, it's really, it's almost impossible to know how to deal with it and what we should be doing. And I just, I guess if I'm a writer, then what I can do is write about it. You know, that's yeah. that's what I have at my power to be able to mm-hmm. kind of even just open up a conversation about it, you know, that yeah. that, that can that can help. Um, mm-hmm. I, st- I, I didn't used to write about this stuff. I, I um, grew up writing kind of big, sprawling fantasy epics for teenagers. So yeah. they're very, very different. Interesting. And, yeah. And then <laughs> I kind of just reached a point. I, it was an article, actually. I read an article that was 
about how we are sort of barreling towards a world with no animals. And it was so, at that point, I mean, this was probably, it was only maybe six, seven years ago and, or eight, I don't know, something fairly recent. But even at that point, I don't feel like the conversation was as dominant as it is now. And I just remember reading that and, being transported into this kind of place without animals and it was like it was like plunging into an icy ocean you know it was just so such a shocking Mm -hmm. kind of moment for me and and so sad like so sad I kind of couldn't I couldn't get that world out of my mind and I knew that that's what migrations the novel needed to be about Mm-hmm. And it just sort of the more I kind of looked into it, the more it felt like, I don't know, just a really not only important but a, but a rich emotional space to write about. It, it's mm-hmm. so kind of full of complex um, emotional connections and I, I love writing about characters who are maybe wilder than most of us are and, and, and people who have that, have a connection to that kind of wildness um, as a sort of maybe it's partly wish fulfilment for me. <laughs> you know, I wish I could be those characters mm-hmm. who are on the sort of the into, in these wild spaces and living on the kind of brink of, I don't know, just sort of big amazing adventures and yeah it just it, it, it feels like something really really necessary to write about and to kind of try and galvanize and energize people mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful that you do use your platform and that you're so passionate about it that you decide to write these beautiful novels about it that actually make you stop and think like you're saying um how you were kind of maybe wishful thinking like I wish that I was kind of on these big adventures and it's the same with me especially with Inti I was like that would be an amazing experience just being yeah. able to help rewild yeah. um, anywhere in the world really whether it be with wolves or whatever yeah. but just like looking into the whole that whole aspect of rewilding is yeah. it's just it is beautiful that you used your talent and your platform to write these beautiful books and novels well thank about- you I hope that you know I mean it, it's not impossible for us to go mm-hmm. out and start exactly. rewilding you know mm-hmm. yeah I also feel like kind of in a way Charlotte you are those characters mm-hmm. like you're you bringing <laughs> them to life so yeah. you may not physically be in Scotland but you went there and you took us all with you so <laughs> that yeah. was amazing Oh, thank you. That's like, I think the nicest thing anyone said to me. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask, I think maybe unless Chantal, there's a burning question for you. No, I think I was just going to ask one more question. Then maybe we'll do mm-hmm. the speed round. Does yeah. that, does that sound okay to everybody? Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. I, we desperately want to know where the names Inti and Aggie came from because it's even asked in the book and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> well yeah because I don't know (laughs) (laughs) you're like hopefully nobody asked this if I answer it like this never ask this question (laughs) yeah there's no really interesting answer I'm afraid I just 
kind of ponder names for ages before I'll name my characters and if something sticks with me. Actually, weirdly, the name Inti came to me from this this really little obscure film called Aloft, which is beautiful, by the way. I highly recommend it. It's gorgeous. Um, And there's this little boy who has a bird. He's got a pet falcon, I think it is, called Inti. And I was like, I just love that name. So that's oh, that's that so sweet. <laughs> that's so sweet. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, Aggie goodness. was just, I think it was just a name that I liked the sound of with Inti. Inti um, Aggie, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No kind yeah. of amazing, insightful uh, meanings behind it. Just, just, yeah, just, I liked them. Well, I actually really love that because I've had this conversation with Chantel before, but I hate when authors name their characters like crazy stuff that's just annoying to constantly keep yeah. reading like you know what I mean <laughs> anyway I'm I enjoy that okay speed round okay we're just gonna ask you some questions and you don't mm-hmm. you not really much have thought, to yeah. think about it just yeah. like yeah. throw out what your first answer is yeah yeah okay favorite book and or author okay ready <laughs> oh god no why would you that's, do this to me that's the hardest one out of first the one bunch. i get the that's other one's easier one. yeah yes <laughs> oh god okay um i'm just gonna say mary oliver even though she's not a novelist she's a poet i love her so okay. much okay perfect coffee yeah. or tea coffee, coffee or tea coffee but both <laughs> okay 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 um do you have any pets I don't know. I've uh, always had what? pets throughout my I know, yeah. Well, I've always had pets, but I'm trying to um I'm I i i have got a baby, all right? Okay. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Okay, fair, fair enough. We are both without we'll, children. We'll, we'll yes, we understand. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah I'm sure I'll be responsibilities. <laughs> um, best concert you've ever been to. Oh, uh Daft Punk actually a long time ago when they came to Australia that was so much fun oh that sounds like that would be fun fun. yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll let Caitlin ask the last question because this is her favorite question and burning (laughs) my favorite question yes (laughs) (laughs) thanks Chantel okay are you team physical book ebook or audiobook oh uh I prefer to read real books but I well physical not real Mm -hmm. physical books um but I'm pro all of them it's all exactly it's all the same (laughs) (laughs) all the same reading (laughs) what are you guys um I Um, love a physical book yeah yeah (laughs) I am kind of hooked on my e-reader I love that light like I love it it's so much easier to read in bed right yeah yes yes yeah audiobooks are great for the car I find Uh, yes it's it's all cleaning yeah yeah well thank you so much Charlotte for joining us thank you for taking some time Mm -hmm. Uh, and thank you so much for the your amazing podcast of the book it was like it was so kind of 
wonderful to listen to you talking scene by scene. Like I've never experienced anything like that with my book before. So it was just really kind of gorgeous. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you you for writing an amazing book for us to talk about. It was, uh, we can't get enough. Honestly, Charlotte, so many, me, Chantal, my sister-in-law, Shelby, we, we all said after we read this book that we wanted to read it again. Like that's how good it was. We instantly wanted to read it again. And that's when, you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank thank you. you. All right. Thanks for nice to meet you guys. Yes. Nice to meet you too. (laughs) Have a good day. Thank you. you Bye. 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 Thank you to Charlotte for joining yes. us and to everyone who might want to listen. Yeah. And, and thanks for everybody who asked questions. Yeah. Submitted their questions. And honestly, yeah. we're just so lucky that we get to read an incredible book and then literally ask the author our the hot questions. Cues. The burning yes. cues. Hell yeah. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.